Hello, and welcome to Soothing Bod's Sleep Stories. My name is Arif, and tonight I will be your guide as we embark on a journey to a night of peaceful sleep by unwinding with a truly relaxing, soothing sleep story called The Heart of Stone, the most boring romance story ever told. Before we begin, however, let's do what we should do, being a sleep story channel and all. Let's take some deep, deep breaths. Stay with me here. I promise it'll help. I'm sure you've noticed by now, but breathing is fairly important in general. Lie down in bed and settle in a comfortable position. It may be on your side, on your back, in the fetal position, or perhaps on your stomach. We don't judge here. With your body in a safe, comfortable position, close your eyes. Slowly take a breath in, feeling that nice, slow breath fill your lungs. Feel as that breath relaxes your body, and trust that soon it will relax your mind as well. Try for a moment to imagine any negative thoughts, worries, or anxieties you may be having as teeny, tiny fish swimming around in your head. Perhaps tonight, it's just a few fish, or maybe it's a whole school. Maybe it's even a whole school that exists because of school. However many fish you have swimming in your head, know that they are not permanent. By the end of tonight, there will be no fish in the sea. With your eyes still closed, try and imagine yourself slowly, slowly lowering a tiny net into the sea of fish. Imagine scooping those tiny fish out of your head and watching them disappear, one by one. Feel yourself getting lighter every time that net dips down into your mind, and watch as that movement completely and utterly disappears. And now that your mind is a shining, sparkling, fish-free sea, the perfect kind to just kick back and relax in, let's do just that. Once upon a time, in a fairy tale land far, far away, there
there was a village, not a town, not a city, not an unincorporated area, a village named Sleepy River. The kind of village tucked away in a bird-filled forest, with tiny cafes and bridges over bubbling brooks, and a kind old man with a beard that may or may not be Santa Claus. But our story isn't about the maybe Santa Claus. Our story is about the only two single people in the entire town, er, village, Rosalie and Jacques. You see, the village of Sleepy River was far, far away from any other town, far, far away. It was the kind of place where parents had to walk uphill to school in both directions. The kind of place where a certain megacorporation didn't even deliver. And because of that, there were very few new people that came to town and very few people that left. Rosalie and Jacques went to school together from the time they were wee little babies until they graduated high school and stepped out into the real world. All of Rosalie and Jacques' classmates paired up and disappeared like your friends in their late twenties. But Rosalie and Jacques didn't find partners. Soon, their family began to notice and began to get worried. Rosalie's parents pushed her to get married and find love and Maybe it was the fairy tales she grew up hearing, or perhaps the daytime TV holiday movie town she lived in. But Rosalie started to want love too. But there was a problem. Jacques was a man with a heart of stone. Some said he was cursed by an evil witch. Some say he opened a cursed board game. Others say his parents just weren't great. But regardless of how it came to be, he had a heart of stone and that was undeniable. Jacques could not feel much of anything. Movies that made others cry simply caused him to blink at the screen. He did not find joy in the fluffy whiskers of kittens 
or in the feeling of freshly washed sheets after getting out of a hot, steamy shower, or in the smell of warm cookies baking in one of the village's many family-owned bakeries. But Rosalie was determined to fix Jacques's heart, no matter what. And even though Jacques could not feel that much, he also knew that love would improve his life. And a big part of him wanted to be free of the burden of his heart of stone. It was a heavy burden to bear. Literally, it weighed a good ten pounds. So, one rainy Monday, Rosalie and Jacques met at one of the cafes downtown to start on their journey together to turn Jacques' heart of stone into a heart made of literally anything else. Rosalie proposed that they spend the day doing things so sweet, so wholesome, so romantic, that they would surely crack his heart of stone, revealing his wholesome heart underneath. So, she went up to the counter and ordered Jacques a lavender oat milk latte. When she looked at the latte, she felt a sense of calm wash over her. The latte was so cozy and comforting that it made her want to curl up into a ball on a warm couch somewhere. It was layered with fluffy, beautiful foam, as soft and as cushiony as a pillow of clouds. The layer of foam was dusted with cinnamon, which filled the air with a warm, soothing aroma that reminded her of Christmas and sweet holidays with her grandmother's freshly baked pie. On top of that, the foam had a latte art mixed into it. There was a nutmeg-colored heart in the center of that stark white foam, a reminder of their goal here. There was only one thing that wasn't perfect on the latte. For some reason, the name Jack was written on the side of the cup, and her latte, the same as Jack, read nosily. The two soon-to-be lovers sat down at a table in the corner of the room in front of large windows that stretched all the way from the cracked wood floors to the ceiling above. 
The ceiling was covered in stained glass lights, tin lights, and several quirky decorations that only added to the experience. In the center of the table, a candle flickered, casting a warm orange glow across the two as they began to tuck into their lavender oat milk lattes. Outside, on the beautiful window, rain cascaded down from the sky, pitter-pattering against the glass. It was the perfect cafe day. In the distance, mingling with the trees, fog could be seen. Not a horror movie type of fog. The type of fog that young knights ride through on horseback to find their beloved in the moors of England. Or the type that dashing vampires swing through with their lover on their back like a spider monkey. It was breathtaking. The coolness of the outdoors and the cozy, sleepy atmosphere it created only brought Jacques and Rosalie closer together. Or it brought Rosalie closer, at least. She smiled at Jacques across the table as she twirled her coffee with a manicured finger a dreamy look in her eyes. She asked him if he was enjoying this, enjoying the sweetness of the lavender oat milk latte on his tongue, the way the effervescent foam tickled over his taste buds, and the way it warmed his body as he drank it more and more. Did the latte make him feel happy and at peace, the way it made her feel happy and at peace? Jacques shook his head sadly. He replied, rather numbly, It just makes me feel like I'm drinking flowers and hot bean milk. Rosalie was appalled by such a statement. If she was wearing pearls, she would have clutched them. But alas, she was a diamond girl. Well, I can fix that, she said determinedly as she grabbed a packet from the table. She stirred some more sugar into his drink, watching the little white flakes of goodness dissolve. Then... She grabbed a spoon of honey off the table and lowered the wooden knob into his latte. She stirred it gently, watching the warm yellow honey disappear into his drink, sweetening it even more. There, you must feel something when you drink it now, she declared sliding the latte back over to Jacques. Jacques 
took another sip of the latte, swishing it over his tongue like an espresso sommelier. But then he shook his head yet again. If anything, it was just a bit too sweet now. Rosalie sighed and gestured out the window. What about the rain? Doesn't that make you feel something? Doesn't it make you feel a sense of longing, of love, of affection? A desire to curl up with someone you love, to hold them in your arms as you look out over this foggy visage with a heart full of hope for a future with them? It makes me kind of sleepy, Jacques responded with a yawn. Rosalie couldn't help herself. She found her palm pressing into her face as she tried to compose herself, wondering how a human like Jacques could even exist in this world. What about the candle? Doesn't it make you feel connected to the human experience? Don't you feel the passion of the flame burning inside you, reminding you that we burn the brightest when we are with those we love? Doesn't it make you want to grab the person you love and hold them close as you swap stories in low whispers to one another, beneath covers all night long? Stories of love, of passion, of longing and connection? The words rolled off Rosalie's tongue like a poem. And when she looked up to see how Jacques received them, he was fast asleep snoring just quietly enough so no one else could hear. Rosalie subtly shook her partner awake with an embarrassed grumble. She blew out the candle and pulled down the shades, then flagged the barista to add another espresso shot to Jacques' drink. Clearly, the cafe romance experience wasn't working. She had to go bigger, better. She had to make him feel not only connected to the world, but connected to her and the romance sparking between them. She took Jacques by the hand, put some cash in the tip jar, and headed out into the rain. As they stepped out, Jacques held an umbrella over himself, not extending it to Rosalie. Rosalie sighed and forced her way under, wondering how she could learn to live with a man who exhibited such a lack of care. Underneath it all, she hoped there was a heart. When they arrived at their destination, 
Jacques let out a long sigh. Another cafe? he asked. But Rosalie shook her head, a smile laced on her lips. Not just any cafe, Jacques. She motioned triumphantly to the rain-slicked sign, the sign that read, Kitten Cafe. When they stepped inside, Rosalie was sure her heart was going to burst from the sheer cuteness of the room around her. There were dozens of kittens of all shapes and sizes, from little pudgy round kittens to full-on loafs. Some of the kittens stretched in the sunshine, their fluffy paws reaching out over the plush carpet. Others napped on their backs with their perfect little pink toe beans pointed up at the ceiling. And the moment they entered the cafe, the kittens had their eyes set on Jacques. As the two took a seat, they found themselves being covered by kittens. It was as though they were wading in a sea of precious feline friends. Rosalie felt tears staining her eyes from the experience of the immense kitten love. Some kittens purred in her lap. Others rubbed up against her face. Some even fell asleep in her arms. It was precious. And she knew it could be a connecting, romantic experience as well. Jacques pet the kittens that were swarming him looking away from Rosalie. Rosalie asked, Don't these kittens just remind you how fragile and precious life is? Don't they fill your heart with love and make you feel so special? When you hold them in your arms, doesn't it make you imagine holding a child one day? the child of the person you love more than anything or anyone else in the world? She gazed at Jacques with hope as the words tumbled from her lips. Jacques looked up at her. She was expecting to see that spark in his eye the realization that this is all he's ever wanted in his entire life. She was waiting for the love, the adoration, the epiphany, for him to finally see what love was all about. But when he turned to her, it was clear that Jacques actually couldn't see at all. His eyes were scrunched shut from an allergic reaction. I think I'm allergic to cats, Jacques managed through his puffy, marshmallow man lips. Panicked, 
Rosalie dialed the ambulance to come pick Jacques up. As they piled into the back of the ambulance, Rosalie held Jacques' hand. They zigged and zagged on their way to the hospital. Rosalie squeezed his hand tight, never letting go the whole ride. She leaned down next to him as they reached the hospital, whispering, Doesn't this remind you of how short life is? Sharing this near-death experience has certainly made you feel closer to me, hasn't it? Hasn't it shown you that I'm the person you want to live for? The person you want to spend the rest of your life with? The EMT tapped Rosalie on the shoulder. Ma'am, I'm afraid we had to knock him out. Only then did Rosalie realize Jacques was yet again snoring. After a long afternoon spent waiting in the hospital, Rosalie was relieved when Jacques finally arrived. His face, having deflated from its Thanksgiving Day parade balloon state, Rosalie apologized to Jacques for his allergic reaction, telling him she would never want him hurt in that way. As they walked away from the hospital, on the adorable cobblestone streets of the town, Rosalie knew she had to do something. She decided it was time for perhaps the most romantic activity of all. She told Jacques he was welcome to go home and rest for the day. He would have to prepare himself for the night ahead of them, a night that would be unlike any other he had ever had. Rosalie went home and put on her finest dress, a green dress made of silk she bought and cherished. She doused herself with her finest perfume, a perfume painstakingly made in the Swiss Alps from hand-picked lilac flowers, and then turned into perfume using an ancient family method. She even put on her jewelry, jewelry that was carefully crafted by a fine artisan, and then hand-delivered by a certain mega-corporation that delivers all over the globe in two days. Or, it used to be two days at least. Back when this fairy tale took place, it was certainly two days. Meanwhile, Jacques was also carefully prepping for the date. He was replenishing his strength 
by sleeping on the couch with his pants unzipped and a bag of chips on his chest. Not to worry, he would brush the chips off before he walked out of the house. Zipping his pants, however, would have been far too exhausting. Jacques and Rosalie met in a wildflower-filled meadow on the far side of the village. It was far removed from the businesses, from the cars, from people. It was in a peaceful slice of nature, with the village's babbling brook babbling on by and the bird-filled trees swaying in the night breeze. Rosalie set up a blanket in the wildflower-filled meadow, a blanket which she had decorated with rose petals and candles and a charcuterie board that she had learned to make on the town's most popular social media application, Bic Bock. Rosalie and Jacques settled down on the blanket. Jacques got to work eating the delish foods, carefully set out on the charcuterie board, while Rosalie put on her finest music playlist, a playlist titled LOVIN, in all caps. To the soothing sound of music being played in dimly lit college dorms around the country, the two began to gaze up at the stars together. In the cool night air, the experience was refreshing, soul-stirring, Rosalie felt as if she could reach out and touch the stars, as if she could hold them in the palm of her hand, watching them spark and swirl and move like living, breathing things. She was mesmerized by the cosmic painting dangling just above her head. And when she looked at Jacques beside her, she could see that he, too, was gazing up at the stars. There was, for once, some kind of emotion in his eyes. Rosalie felt a spark of excitement well inside her. Finally, it felt like all her hard work had paid off. She rolled over on her side, twirling her hair slightly as she gazed up at Jacques. What are you thinking about? she asked. Jacques turned on his side, too, gazing at her with a rare smile on his lips. Oh, just our solar system. Did you know it's 4.571 billion years old? 
Rosalie sighed, telling Jacques that she did, indeed, know that. She was an astronomy major in college. For most of the night, Jacques and Rosalie talked about the stars and the planets. When a shooting star zipped over their heads, leaving a sparkling trail behind them, Rosalie was sure that she would get a kiss. But instead, Jacques told her that shooting stars aren't really stars at all. Frustrated, Rosalie called it a night. The next morning, Rosalie walked around town with a broken heart, feeling very much like a failure. She kicked rocks as she walked down the cobblestone street, a look of sorrow on her face. She wondered if Jacques' heart of stone could truly ever be cured, or if he was destined to be this cold, unfeeling person forever. Was she destined to be alone forever? As these thoughts crossed her mind, she wasn't paying attention to the world around her. She bumped directly into a man walking in front of her. He was the oldest man in the village, a man with a large belly, jolly red cheeks, and a stark white beard. For some reason, he seemed to always wear red, and he laughed so loud that you could hear it across town. He ran a reindeer petting zoo, a very normal business venture in a village like this. What is bringing you down, my child? You don't look holly nor jolly, the man said. Rosalie sat on a park bench with the old man and told him everything about Jacques' heart of stone, about how she longed to be loved by him, about how she was tired of being the only one alone. The man offered her a cookie dipped in milk, which she took with a warm smile. Then he leaned in closer. He told her that there was more magic in this town and in the world than she realized. There were fairies in the woods, sirens in the lakes, elves at a certain reindeer farm, but not his, certainly. And atop the highest peak near the village, there was an old witch, a witch who set a curse upon a young child for some archaic reason 
rendering him with a heart of stone. But there was a way to reverse the curse, he told her. A special chisel that could break the heart of stone. Rosalie was relieved. She asked for directions to the witch's cabin. The old man with the beard and the reindeer farm and the holly jolly aura gave her a map and told her to tell the witch that he wanted her back whenever she was ready. Rosalie agreed to the uncomfortable request and set off to the witch's cabin. She had to wind through tall cedar forests lined with beautiful trees and mossy rocks. She listened to the soundtrack of the forest she passed through on her way to the highest peak. The sound of birds twittering and brooks bubbling and grass swaying in the flower-scented breeze. And by the time she reached the top of the mountain, she found herself standing in front of a classic cabin. She gently knocked on the door, and the witch opened the door for her. She had a long gray braid and kind eyes, not at all like the evil witch Rosalie was picturing. Rosalie told the witch of her situation, of her desire to be loved, and the witch laughed. I hadn't realized I forgot to unstonify his heart. She dug through an old box until she found the chisel, then handed it to Rosalie with a smile. She told Rosalie that if she placed the chisel over Jacques's heart and gently tapped it, his heart of stone would crumble and he would be a normal person again. Rosalie thanked the witch continuously, thrilled to finally have the key to Jacques' heart. As she left, she hesitated in the doorway and turned back to the witch to tell her, The old man in town with the beard wants me to tell you that he's ready to take you back. The witch sighed, telling her to tell the old man that she hadn't appreciated all the coal he gave her over the past few years. She'd be in touch. Rosalie raced down the mountain to the home of her hopefully beloved. When he opened the door, she threw her arms around him, hugging him. She told him of his curse 
and of the chisel she had. She asked him if he was ready to be rid of his heavy heart, and he agreed that it was finally time. She put the chisel to his chest, taking a deep breath in, and as she gently tapped the chisel, a noise shook through the town. It was the noise of a stone cracking open, of Jacques' stone heart finally breaking, revealing his soft, gentle heart underneath. Glitter sparkled around Jacques for a moment. He appeared to be frozen in time as his old way of living completely and totally melted away. He looked at Rosalie like he was awakening from a coma. He wrapped his arms around her, truly feeling the warmth of her body and her love for the first time. Rosalie was so thrilled she could hardly contain herself. When they kissed for the first time, Jacques could not believe what he was missing. That very day, they went to the cafe downtown. They ordered their lavender oat milk lattes with hearts for latte art and sipped them as they watched the rain pour down over the windows. Jacques felt a sense of calm and a deep connection to Rosalie. Then they went to the cat cafe. Jacques was so amazed by the little kittens that tears filled his eyes when he looked at them. They were perfect bundles of joy and love. He immediately asked the cafe owners to adopt four of them, and Rosalie happily helped him carry them home. Then, Rosalie and Jacques settled under the stars on a blanket with a flickering candle. As they gazed up at the stars, Jacques respectfully asked Rosalie questions about them, and she answered in depth using her knowledge of astronomy. Jacques was thrilled by her intelligence. As they walked home out of the meadow, arm in arm, they knew their love would last forever. They had finally found each other, and they were happy. But as they passed by another couple, they couldn't help but steal a glance at them. It was the holly jolly man with the white beard and the witch with the gray braid, and they were definitely making out. I 
hope you have enjoyed this sleep story, and it has brought you a night of peaceful, restful sleep, or just some more relaxation on a busy or stressful day. Please join me again tomorrow night for another sleep story. Until then, sweet dreams. <laughs>